Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. So here we are on another episode. I always say an episode of the Mes- Misfit Messengers, but then I dawns on me, I add that as the introduction to every podcast. So it's like people hear it twice. So maybe I need to find a new intro. I got to figure that out. We, we should brainstorm that, Amanda, like what the intro should be. But anyway, uh, so again, today we, we get the blessing and honor and privilege to have some guests on who are friends of ours. And so I'm pretty excited and I know Amanda is, and I will say just a caveat, Amanda will probably have to skedaddle early from this, uh, this recording, but, uh, it's all good. She I got other stuffs. You got stuffs like responsibility. People that depend on me for things oh, on how occasion. Dare they? How dare they? But anyways, so, so we have guests on, uh, our, our friends, uh, Rachel and Aaron Johnson are joining us today all the way from Indiana. So Thanks for coming on today, guys. How you doing? Good us. day. I don't say hoorah, but that's not what they say in Indiana. Is that a Marine thing? Hoorah. Hoorah. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeehaw. We don't Ye- say yeehaw. yeehaw. I don't say yeehaw. <laughs> well, maybe that's you can start my, saying. <laughs> more of my Missouri thing. There you go. Missouri's got the yeehaw. I got the oofda. I'm from Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. So, uh, so would you, you know, Care to share a little bit about who you are, how you how you got here, anything that you want to share? Okay, so well, first, I mean, um, I'm Aaron Johnson, and I came to the Salvation Army in 2011 when I entered the Fort Wayne, Indiana Adult Rehabilitation Center mm-hmm. for, I guess you would say, substance abuse issues. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's that's ultimately how I came, and then after I completed, and I think it was April of 2012. I got hired at the ARC and I worked there as in, as the intake coordinator. And then I don't, I can't, re- I don't remember when uh, general Linda bond came into to commissioning. Was it 12? Maybe that was my first commissioning experience. And that's when I felt God calling me to be a Salvation Army officer. Okay. That's it in a nutshell. All right. Yeah. yeah. Linda, actually general Linda bond was the one uh, for when I was in St. Louis. Commissioning was in St. Louis. That, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. was also my first commissioning. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. I was there. That's I crazy. was there. We were all there. We were, we were all there. We didn't know. Didn't, no, weren't friends yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. It was coming. There you go. And Rachel, how about you? How did you get here? How, well, a little bit about yourself. Whatever you want to share. Who are you? How'd you My get name here? is Rachel. <laughs> I'm an Instagram type four wing three or three wing four. You're I a what now? What is I'm this? An Enneagram type three wing four, four wing three. Can't really figure it out. So I haven't landed on it. Okay. Um, I would say that um, I'm working on uh, being a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. Okay. I would say that um, I have I have two young children at home. Mm. Um, and it's very hard and it's very awesome. And, um, I have a gray cat. Okay. Named Clyborne. Not sure what just happened there. We're going to get past it, but it was kind of funny. And, um, Clyborne, Clyborne is a stop on the red line where Aaron and I went on our first date. We've just been together five years. So successfully, both of our longest relationships, we're going to high five now. 
and I never, I never knew much about Indiana until the Salvation Army told me to live here. So I feel like I'm kind of exploring like a new domain of the continental U.S., which I like never had paid attention to before. But all right, I'm a girl mom. I have two girls. Um, I never, both times I was pregnant, I could not imagine having boys. So I think that was God's provision. And now that I look at my girls, I'm like, can't imagine being a boy mom, but so I that's think a little bit about me. All right. I, I like it. And, and we have one of these girls with you right now. Yes. Yes. Scarlett Noel. She's Scarlett with Noel. She's, she's with she us. She doesn't feel good today. So yes. I stayed home with her. There you yes. go. Daddy took her to the doctor this morning because my I, I do BSF Bible Safe Fellowship okay. and I do that on Thursdays and that's part of my I would prefer or I would consider that like my professional development my mm-hmm. spiritual development the way yeah. that I stay in step so yeah awesome Erin's well, gonna cool. be at because we think that she might be sick so yeah she's as we say a little bit of a crabby patty today well that happens especially if she's not feeling very well you know very true. you get that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, one of the questions I always like to ask people just because I read a ton um, Mm -hmm. as you, you guys know me, so that's not shocking or surprising to anybody, but like, what are you guys reading or studying right now? Um, Specific to the Bible, but, but even uh, outside of the Bible, what, what's kind of going through your thought process? Let me pull up my audible. You're awesome. You have an audible app. Awesome. So, um, one of our women's ministries groups in Lafayette is called the, the book club. We have a women's ministries book club. We meet every other Friday. And right now we're reading the, a church called Tove. Oh, nice. I've read really that book. book. It's- yes. A really, really humbling book. Mm-hmm. I'm also listening to the body keeps the score, just a little easy reading about trauma informed care. And I'm also listening to a book called let them be little. I really love parenting books that especially, um, like teach us how to be good parents and really utilize the outdoors. Mm-hmm. I did not consider myself an outdoor person until I had kids. And now okay. I want to be outside all the time. And I'm also reading a book called the gospel comes with a house key, which is a go- book about hospitality. Okay. It's a lot of books to be reading all at the same time. It's good. Well, I'm listening to it. Well, so the body keeps the score. I have to listen to in little small increments because it's really intense reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, a church called Tove, I just we listen to chapter once a week and let them be little is like my, what I'm listening to in the car doing errands. Okay. So it's awesome. That's a lot of good material. Yeah. And, and on, and on the other hand, um, I read the Bible. I don't, I have, I don't know the, I read and don't, I'm, somebody's going to be mad at me because I cannot remember the title, but it was like a collected work of Samuel Logan Brangle. Okay. That was the last thing I, re- I read. Um, but ultimately, and Rachel and I talk about this a lot is the way the world is today. It's so what I, what I do, I, I feel God's speaking to me in terms of a lot of this is, you know, the way we are raised and what we are raised to believe and, and then what you're raised to believe that the Bible is really saying. And then it seems like you start going into different, like, and I'm just going to say political and that I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but I, I see so many things. Um, so like one of the classes I took for SACEP was the, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the human trafficking one that um, started just, it, it's not questioning what I believe, 
but but you know it seems like my little tiny uh, country church which is a biblically based church is a great church um but i don't know that if someone is a certain way in their life mm-hmm. um if i automatically think they're going to go to hell for that um I mean, ultimately, we know what it takes to be a follower of Christ, but um, there's a lot of just lots of things happening in the world that it's like I'm trying to find specifically my place in that as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if everything is as black and white as the way I was raised to believe. Okay. So, so that's the kind of stuff we talk a lot about in church or Bible studies or men's groups or whatever, when I just hang out with other pastors, it, it's those types of topics because I, I, I just believe the world is different. Um, and a lot of things are accepted and accepted. Let's just say that. Um, and, and ultimately I, I may not, I may not agree biblically with the way someone lives their life, but our example in Jesus is first and foremost, you love them and you show love and compassion for them. So sometimes when I, when I read some of these older books, uh, it's like, yeah, I, I, I like a lot of the themes and the topics, but I wonder how that author would write in 2022 now. Okay, sure. So Aaron, as you're, as you're talking, it just reminded me of something we're doing with our young adults, but it's about going back to go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so figuring out, I think this, or I believe this about scripture, but why? Um, and kind of retracing those, those themes and those steps with family and culture and, um, you know, you know, and even uh, birth order in your family, all of those things can impact how you see and how you view the world and how you view the world through um, a Christian lens and how you view other people in your place in it. And kind of unpacking those types of things to say, can I? Can we look at what God is doing now in a more productive um, and um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, beneficial, beneficial, and wider lens. God's bigger lens, right? Because our, we know our lives don't just impact just us; they impact a whole realm of things. And as you're talking about. Who are we to know where people are with Christ? And that's absolutely true, right? Because God doesn't judge sin and we all fall short. So where does um, our place in holiness begin and God's place in holiness come? And, and I don't think it's the same story for every person. I think it has to do a lot with God made us dynamic people yeah. and he is a bigger and dynamic God. Um, and those things aren't always as black and white. Like you said, it's not do X, Y, Z and you're bad or do X, Y, Z and you're good. God doesn't work in those finite right. avenues, mm-hmm. um, but it can be tricky. Cause like Jenny always says that pendulum can swing too far. We can go too far in legalism and holiness and we can go too far in God is love and permissive. Neither yeah. one of those things are true. Right. <laughs> yeah. So good, good. Kudos for you guys for working through that with your people though and yeah. stuff. I think we're both kind of in a place where we're both saying, like, where have we gotten this wrong? Yeah. Where, where, where have we been wrong about this and the courage to say, like, as I follow Jesus, what other things am I getting wrong? Like, God is clear about what is sin. I do believe that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like the interpretation of women in leadership, 
You know what I mean? Like, where have we been wrong about that? Obviously, the Salvation Army is working, like, has sought the Lord about that. And we're here, praise God. In fact, my I was realizing yesterday as my daughter was actually screaming at me that she didn't want to brush her teeth. That my my daughter is so her mother is a minister, her grandmother is a minister, her great grandma's a minister, and her great great grandma's a minister. Wow. That's a legacy. I was just feeling so proud when I realized that. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, that's that's incredible. But both of us are saying, like, you know, where have we just been so stuck in our ways that we haven't even mm-hmm. sought the Lord on this? But I think it's so vitally important to know, like Amanda said, it, you got to know why you believe what you believe. Um, in fact, in our congregation, we talked um, first Peter chapter three, where, where Peter writes, uh, set apart Christ in your heart as Lord yes. and be prepared to give anyone a reason for the hope that you have. Should they ask? That's the Jenny Moffat paraphrase. But in order to do that, you have to understand what you believe, number one, but two, why do you believe that? If it's simply because, oh, well, this is what the church has taught me over the course of my life, or, oh, this is what my parents taught me. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a starting point, but you can't end there, right? right. Because it might not be right, or yeah. it might be nuance, there might be nuances of, of it, but you can't apply it 100% of the time, right? Does a, I think of it in the sense of a, a police officer, does a police officer give every single person that they pull over for speeding a speeding ticket? Right. No. no. Well, why? Well, because circumstances matter, situations matter, individuals matter. And mm-hmm. while that is an oversimplification for how we, we relate well, to other people in, in Christ, there's truth to the fact that, excuse me, that God interacts with us on an individual basis as well as a, a community basis yeah and so being able to see that for what it is so th- oh thank you so much for bringing that up because yeah. it's such an important aspect of our our faith walk you really um when you have children um you really just kind of come to a point where you're like if I don't examine all this stuff I'm gonna pass it on and is this what I want my children to believe is this how I want them to respond is this what I want them to do So I'm like personally just a little hypersensitive about like how my children are receiving messages everywhere. Um, It probably drives my family and friends crazy, but that's, that's my right as a parent to get through. Um, Obviously becoming ordained and holding that mantle was significant, but when you're have disciples that live with you all the time in your home, that really changes how you you want them to receive things and what, what you want them to do with doubt and what you want them to do with turbulence and what you want them to do with how they view women. And it's, mm-hmm. it can get very intense. I have to take breaks because my husband, who's not an Enneagram for cannot always handle those conversations. Fair. And you're, and you're so true, uh, Jenny, just speaking to the motherhood role, your kids see you at all avenues of you. Right. And it's almost like the view that God sees you, right? They see you good. Yeah and on and they see you at 3 a.m. when you're over it and they're out of bed again and you just are at your rope and they see that you know and I and I and I and I sometimes get the view that this is how God sees me too my good my bad my trying really hard my not giving a single care about it anymore um you know and it makes you cognizant to say oh 
but that love is still present, right? And when I can go to my kids and I can say, you know how I spoke to you when I was frustrated wasn't cool and I'm sorry and um, I'm going to do better. We do that same stuff with God, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, and it just it always just makes me aware that uh, there is always someone present with with me and always seeing all those parts that sometimes I don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, and it makes me want to do better and do better for, for them because they are my first ministry, um, but also to God who is also present for all of these things. Yeah. And I know that God has been with me when I'm throwing a tantrum, when I don't get what I want and his love for me is there uh, just the same as it is for my kids. So children are a blessing. And even if you don't have kids, um, you can Somebody's still be with kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my children are influenced by people all the time. We talk, I mean, they will come home and say things that people said. So I'm also careful, you know, about the people who are around my children because uh-huh. I don't hide the world from them, but I do control how much comes in at one time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I mean, so even if you don't have children and you're listening and you're like, well, that doesn't apply to me, but it does because somebody's children are watching you. The children of the world are watching you. Well, especially Absolutely. in the position of leadership and, and, and you can understand this, you know, people, people will come up off the streets. Like I've seen you on TV. That is true. That is true. And that was probably at a fine moment, but not, they're not all fine moments. You know, we, uh, a couple of days ago, Rachel and I had a disagreement at work and you know, <laughs> some of, basically all of our staff saw it. And her question is later that night is, did I ruin it with everybody? And I'm thinking that's really sad. That that's, that. It's sad that we sit and we preach grace and mercy and God is forgiving, but um, you can't do it we think that people won't forgive us or that we are uh, mm-hmm. so high on this pedestal of perfection mm-hmm. that we're not going to make mistakes or we're not human. Like the higher you drop a bowling ball from the ceiling, the more it'll crash. Like I'm not, I am a person just like, everyone else, I happen to hold this specific role and I happen to have earned a rank in the Salvation Army, but I'm not, yeah. So there's a lot of pressure. There is. But as your husband said, there's there should be grace afforded both directions, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. we need to be gracious and merciful to those around us as well, but to ourselves, because mm-hmm. sometimes we're our own worst critic critic and enemy and and that's a, symptom of being a perfectionist is that when it's not perfect you want it just to go far far away and don't even start again i think we might have talked about that before jenny on here yeah well and just in general like we all i think we could say i don't know i can't speak for aaron but i think all of us have some perfectionism in us mm-hmm. um but I, you know, that's one thing I'm trying to learn is I don't have to be and where the boundaries are and where, but where at the same time, because again, I, I talk about pendulums a lot. Perfectionism is on one side, but, but extreme like laziness would be on the other. And you don't want to fall into the trap of, of sliding way over to the other side of the spectrum. So you got to yeah. find your middle ground. And God's perfection looks completely different than our perfection and that is always the the coolest thing you know uh i talk about this a little bit when we first came to kirksville they had no congregation zero people in the pews nobody was there and i we sincerely prayed 
send the people that are going to build this church. Mm-hmm. And the people that have showed up, I was like, really? Yeah. Really? Like, and I mean, I'm not trying to be, but I mean like, okay. All right. All right. Not who I would have chosen, not the first draft, but you know, that's, I'm not trying that. I tell them this to their face. So I'm not being mean, but, <laughs> but I'm like, but this is God's perfect. Yeah. Yes. This is God's perfect. The, you know, and, and I always tell anyone who's going to come new to our church, you know, we don't got the best music or probably the best preaching and our building is half falling apart and the carpet is stained, but gosh, darn it. We have love here. And he has done, he has made, uh, made broken things whole through his perfectness of our imperfect vessels. And I always remind myself, it might not be up to whatever my idea of the standard is, but it is God's perfect because he put it together yeah. and he is going to flourish what he put together. And I just get excited when, and sometimes we and Jenny laugh because I'm always surprised. How did this work? Well, cause God planned it obviously, but I, yeah. <laughs> but how it happened, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 such good stuff such good stuff um the, the other the other thing i always you know like to ask when we when we get into conversations and, and this has been so much fun um is just what's the best part of ministry what's the best part of your job and you know i don't know what that looks like oh amanda's gotta go we'll we'll see you next you, time amanda, amanda. amanda. Enjoy Good your responsibilities. You. I love you guys. And I'm going to listen back to hear everything you have to say. Good. Okay. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Bye. Which is saying something because normally she doesn't listen to the podcast after it's done. <laughs> you must be you never know what, what's going to come out of our mouth. No, yeah, you don't. Gonna... And that's, I, that's what I love about, honestly, doing this thing has, has been able to kind of broaden some oh, scope yeah. of, of life for both of us and, and being a creative outlet and then being able to have guests on has been just a blessing, but so, so ministry, what's, what's the best part of ministry? Like we have hard stuff, but what's the best part? So the best part for me in ministry, kind of doing a time-lapse of the last eight years. Yeah. And I think it's like the, the privilege and the ability to create spaces for people that need particular spaces. So for example, and this is a little bit of a trigger warning for people who are listening, but um, when we came back or when we were thinking about how to kind of build back after lockdown, mm-hmm. I was looking through the women's ministries website. So shout out to the women's ministries department at THQ. We read your stuff. We like it. And um, I found this material for a Hannah service. I never really Mm. I know that I had had friends who had walked that road. So I didn't really, wasn't like unfamiliar to me, but I was like, oh, and I was reading a little bit about why this is important. And it said one out of four women will suffer through a miscarriage or a diagnosis that prevents pregnancy or a stillborn or infertility. And I was like, one in four, like, that's a lot Mm. of women. So like when you walk into a room Mm -hmm. and you think about like one in four women, that's 20, like I'm good at math, right? 25%. Just kidding. That's a lot of people. And then I'm like, but I've never really heard this talked about freely before, like ever, ever. And so that led me to believe like, oh, there's a lot of people suffering in silence. Yeah. Going to work the next day. A lot of people just getting up and pretend like nothing happened. Um, Mm -hmm. And then 
So I started planning that. Um, little did I know that we, that's a road that Aaron and I would walk through just months after I planned that. Um, but I, we planned a Hannah service and we had women showed up that really needed a space to talk about their loss and their grief. And it just like, as I was surveying this crowd, it just came to me like, this is, this is part of ministry for me is giving people spaces that they need. And sometimes that's like space at lunch to weep over a frothy latte about a breakup, or sometimes that's space to uh, question your faith. Sometimes that's faith to, you know, wonder, am I supposed to be a Salvation Army officer? Is that what this nagging thing inside of my heart is all the time? Mm -hmm. Space to mourn with other women if you've had a miscarriage or just spaces. Like what, like what is the space that people need? Mm-hmm. you know um no that's awesome yeah so that's kind of what the best part is for me and a lot of that is making our home a space for people too I we I'm really trying to create an atmosphere in my own home that obviously my like the needs of my own family do come first but who needs to be around my table who needs to right. have a conversation who needs to express yeah. themselves who needs space to say whatever you're feeling is okay whatever you're experiencing is not a detriment to you as a person or your faith right. so spaces i think spaces is a good way to define it okay i do want to stop right there real quick just because uh there i've got a few listeners on uh that um aren't super familiar with uh, the bible um mm-hmm. and so when you say hannah service uh I can, or you can uh, tell a little bit about where that comes from. Cause the word, you know, the name Hannah might not mean anything to someone who doesn't know scripture. Right. I'm looking up the exact Bible verse right now. Okay. I do know it's in the book of first Samuel. Yes. Yep. In the um, first few chapters. I first Samuel exactly. one eight, her husband um, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Uh, don't I mean more to than this? And that was because she couldn't have a baby. So um, God normalized the conversation of infertility a long, long, long time ago. And if God did, then we should too. Amen to that. Amen to that. So yeah, Hannah, Hannah would actually uh, later, God would, would give her a child and she named him Samuel. And Samuel actually becomes a pretty important uh, figure in Old Testament uh uh, books writing uh, first and second Samuel and and being a prophet and actually anointing the first and second kings of the kingdom of Israel. So that's um, that's awesome. Thanks. I, I agree. I think that often um, it's something that we don't discuss. I know that I have messed up in my past with um, being a manager at a at a at a store where I did not. I did not handle things as I should have in a circumstance with one of my staff members um, just because I just didn't know, right. I was ignorant. Um, I've never had a child, um, never wanted to have a child. So that never occurred to me, uh, you know, just to being mindful, right. Allowing for that space. I didn't allow for the, for the space. And so I appreciate uh, your words there. So we can all learn and grow and do better. Right. So, well, and I spent, to quote the women's ministries website directly, mm-hmm. Hannah Service is a time created to meet together with other women who have experienced the effects of infertility, pregnancy loss, infant loss, and medical diagnoses that prevent pregnancies and lament um, and experience camaraderie with those who share those experiences. A Hannah mm-hmm. Service can occur any time of the year. 
Um, and then it encourages you to do it on Mother's Day week. Um, and then October 15th is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And then probably most of mine is um, it's basically God can take the mess of your life mm. and he can turn it around and he can use it to glorify himself mm. and to lead others to him. So, uh, and, and it's not, you know, um, it is not just drug addicts and alcoholics and sex addicts and porn addicts. It is, I've met with people in positions of ministry will seek me out because of what I've went through and where I am. Mm -hmm. It does not for one second mean that I'm better than anybody, Um, but it's nice. It's nice to be able to be so transparent or authentic that people are not afraid to search you out. And, you know, and one of the things I think the devil wants you to think is uh, that's really cute that you've changed your life and God's redeemed you, but eventually you're going to fall back. Mm. Uh, And so it's nice to be able to walk this path with other people that understand what you're going through, but also understand what the Bible says about who you are in Christ and being a new creation. And that you don't have to go back. Um, ultimately it, to me, it's just a choice. Um, and it's putting yourself in the right positions and being very, um, uh, I guess, attentive yeah. to what is happening around you. Um, being intentional of the things you do and what you what you watch and where you go um, so I mean a lot of the ministry is you know um, I, I don't know I've, I think I've went and spoke at three three or I don't know if it's three to five ARCs or something but it's it, a lot of and that's just Salvation Army I've been uh, invited to recovery groups in town I've been to other churches that have recovery groups I've preached at other people's churches on a Sunday service and, and ultimately what, what has them invite me is because of my story. So I just kind of run with that. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sure I don't do it enough. I don't do it as much as I should um, because, you know, the responsibilities of an officer, but it is nice that God still allows me to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's people you don't know and people in your church. Mm-hmm. That's when I first got here, it was a lot of that people that I would be with throughout the week yeah. working. So yeah. And that's, that's, it's a nice experience. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Hey, the, the, the sound of small children means you're growing, growing family, right? I mean, yep. it's awesome. No, I think, uh, you know, both of your, your, examples there, both of your stories are so uh, true to who you guys are and who I know you to be, but also, you know, it's such an important thing to share our stories. You know, I think sometimes um, there can be a shame associated with story, right? Especially if we're, we're, we have a shaming, you know, ashamed of our, of our past or what we've gone through or what we've done choices we've made. But if we, if we lean into God's redemptive power, and his transformative power, then our stories are redeemed as well. Yes. Right. And the shame that we, that we could feel, or the world tells us we should feel, or the devil tells us we should feel, excuse me, or even the church tells us we should feel right. Cause sometimes the church itself, 
the body of believers is not very gracious sometimes. No, no they're not. And we can we can put upon people a shame that that God has relinquished, right? Who has said, "Hey, I've I've redeemed this. I've I've forgiven this. Like let this be a learning opportunity now. Don't let this keep you in the pit, right? Of yeah. despair, the pit of shame." And that's you know, the Bible is filled with story after story of things like that, where God says, no, 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 in me, you are new in me. You are, you are transformed into, into who I am making you and, and doing in your story. And that's such a, a powerful piece that I think if we were, if we were focused on that, instead of some of the things that on the periphery that we get, we get tied into and we get focused on and we get you know, oh, well, I got to worry about this thing or that thing, or, you know, all of the little things that pop up, man, if we focused on the story, if we focused on the, the, the powerful God that we believe in, right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe church would be look a little different for everybody. Right. It's not about necessarily just following rules. Like, Oh, check this box today. Check this box tomorrow. Check this box right. the next day. That's that's Pharisees did that. And Jesus had a number of things to, to talk about the Pharisees with, you know? Um, but Hey, what's, how is our relationship with God? How is our relationship with others? How is, how is God redeeming that? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, such good stuff. Such yeah. Good stuff. Man. I love talking to you guys. I know that we all have our, our things and, and we're about at the time that we try to keep our episodes 30 to 40 minutes. Sometimes they go really long. Sometimes they're a little shorter. Um, but, uh, Hey, if we, uh, if we called you again, would you be on again? Of course. Talk about some other stuff. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Anything. yeah. yeah. I'd love to. Awesome. Well, friends, this has been fun. Uh, stay on. I'm going to, I'm going to hit pause and re- stop in the recording, but stay on and, and, uh, I'll just do the wrap up. So Amanda's not here to have a final thought. A lot of times I give her a final thought opportunity. Do you guys have a final thought that you want to lay out? You know, you know, one thing, and, and I think I say this a lot, or I've been saying it a lot and it, it could take us down a rabbit hole, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can always edit it out. <laughs> I can. That's it. Here's another thought I, I've been having a lot lately. So we all know if you have any, anything to do, if you, if you have watched the news or you listen to do anything to do with TV or what's on TV, we know that Jeffrey Dahmer is now another huge thing again, because they have so many things about him out there. Yeah. Well, we just recently watched the most one, the most recent one was like the confession, the tapes of him. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that it was going to come up in the episode, but there is, there's an actual, a, a interview with a pastor of a church that was called by the, by the prison um, and asked to come because Jeffrey Dahmer wanted to be baptized. He wanted to accept Christ as his savior. If you watch anything to do with, with his story, he Throughout his time, he read the Bible. He, tr- he, he talks about trying to get away from these feelings, these desires. Mm-hmm. One of the issues I have is I would assume a large chunk of society and a very large chunk of the Christian church would say that that man does not deserve to go to heaven. My last thought is, my sins are not any different than his and God forgive for he, he forgives those who are truly repentant. Um, and it is not my place to judge. 
But I, I, I just, when I was watching that, I was thinking about that. And it, and it goes into a lot of other different topics about how, you know, uh, I think the church a lot of times thinks, well, we have all the answers and Jesus is the answer, but maybe not the answer. Maybe the answer that I have for someone is not the answer that Jesus would have for them. Um, mm. Sometimes I, I'm still trying to work a lot of the stuff out in my mind. Yeah. But um, it, it makes me kind of sad when sometimes the most critical con- condemning, I, I guess you'd say yeah. group of people are those that have been forgiven. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, it's Jesus talks about that, right? In the in the, the parable of the two servants, the merciful yeah. servants. So he, he forgives like millions of dollars of debt the master does in this parable. And then that guy goes out and beats on a fellow servant who owes him 20 bucks. Right. 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 Paraphrasing, but, uh, but the the premise is the same. So I agree. We're all, you know, we all started out sinful, right? We all, our lives were sinful, man. If you've you've been forgiven much, yeah. Then let's extend forgiveness. In fact, I was preaching on the, the Lord's prayer and the only part of the Lord's prayer that has anything for us to do is for us to forgive, right? Yeah. Forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. Yeah. It's the only thing that we're asked or the part of the thing that's that it's our responsibility. And I think forgiveness is hard sometimes, especially when somebody's perpetrated something against you or, you know, but, but you got to take a look, you know, I don't know, she's got to take a look and see what, what, you know, lean into the Holy Spirit, let him be your guide. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, Aaron. All right. Well, I always end with uh, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. So we'll catch Amen. you guys next time. Bye.